This podcast is brought to you by Hodgepodge Productions. Enjoy and frown this. Hey, this is Cole Jones, and you're listening to the Hodgepodge Podcast. This is Richard Schroeder, and you're listening to the Hodgepodge Podcast. Hey, it's Derek Norsworthy, and you're listening to the Hodgepodge Podcast. Hello, everyone. It is Murph from Jokers. I'm here in my hotel room. There's my blankie. These things are not important. Here's what is. You've made a choice to listen to the HodgePodge podcast. Not a bad choice, my friend. You are making good decisions in life. Subscribe now and anywhere that podcasts are available. Bye. I'm going to go back to cuddling from a blankie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's HodgePodge time. All right. Welcome to the HodgePodge podcast. On today's episode... We got Bill Prout. Now, a lot of you guys are not going to be familiar with this guy, but here in my hometown of Wiggins, Mississippi, he has probably one of the biggest pizza places, and he has grown the business, starting it up to now a multi-million dollar business. Now, he is a franchisee, which means he does not own the business, but he has grown it much, much bigger. So we talk today about that business. He is also running for Chancery Clerk, which is the reason one reason why he's on this podcast is to promote him running for Chancery Clerk of, of, of Stone County. We talk that. We basically we talk business etiquette and he teaches you how to go from zero dollars and move it to unimaginable amounts of flowing and how he, he's run the business since nineteen ninety and how Ten, it took him 10 years to finally get debt-free. You're going to hear all that. It's probably my favorite podcast I've done, um, probably because it's one of my hometown guys and somebody that I look up to because in the business industry that I that I, I don't know personally, but I know a lot more personally now because of this. So here is episode 127, Bill Prout. They like to call him the pizza man. Here is Bill Prout. All right, so um, you are Bill Prout. You, you ran your beautiful business, PTN. Well, thank you, sir. I remember when it was, uh, a lot of people are not going to know this because it's like local. So I remember when it was over, like across from Wards, over by yeah, like, over the Yeah, over on Magnum. Yep. Yeah, yep. We so were there. Is this a bigger unit than that was, or what? Um, it's actually about the same size, okay. to be honest with you. Both of them are right at 5,000 5, right. square feet. Right, so I look up to you as somebody that owns a business because I kind of want to own a restaurant one day, like a sandwich shop. Okay, and, cool. Uh, so what what got you started into working into the restaurant business and just on an entrepreneurship anyways? Sure, fair enough. Actually, I got started as a young age. I started washing dishes at a restaurant right. at the age of 12. Yeah. That was my first job. So I, I did that. I finished up high school, did a little bit of college, but wasn't really interested in that formal education. Yeah. Um, and so I started delivering pizzas for Domino's in 1984 in Laurel, Mississippi. Okay. Uh, worked there a little bit, um, moved into their management program, sure. excelled at that, and within 12 months, at the age of just over 21, I was actually managing my own Domino's store okay. down on the coast, in Bay St. Louis, actually. Okay. Uh, fast forward another 12 months, I was an area supervisor, I was overseeing stores, we were doing between 3 and $4 million a year, I had about 250 people in my department that I got to supervise. Um, and as I moved forward, I've just always been that guy that wanted to step out, um, and I just didn't accept status quo. When I had bosses that said we're doing it this way, and it didn't make sense, but we still had to do it that way anyway, just created a little bit of conflict in me. So I right. finally stepped out. Um, opened a, a pizza inn. Actually, my first location was in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Right. And I was there for about a year and a half and then moved to Wiggins mm -hmm. as well. Um, some people think I started out and had money before or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I got started in Pizza Inn um, 1990 in Hattiesburg. So I was okay. just turning 25 when wow, I started okay. my own business. Um, and I started that on $15,000 that I borrowed from my parents because right. I didn't have $2 to my name. <laughs> but they believed in me. They helped me get started. Um, over the years, we just kept progressing and building right, that right, and building right. that and working a lot. So the thing that got me into entrepreneurship was I just 
I'm one that kind of questions authority when it doesn't make sense. You want to be your own boss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody can tell you what to do. Exactly, exactly. So um, I've only had one job where I ever had a boss, and that's when I worked for Domino's for six years. Wow. So other than that, I just... You've been by yourself. I've been by yourself. myself, yeah. yeah. So you started in 1990 with this business. When was it that you finally learned, okay, maybe I can do this, I can make a little money? and grow the business more? Yeah, fair enough. So what a great question. Um, in the beginning, all I was worried about was paying the bank note, the right. insurance note, right. and everything else. Right. Um, it probably took us um, to get things paid down and so forth a, a good 15 years Ooh, of wow, okay. getting by and just living way below means. You know, yeah. I, I've gone times without paychecks um, to keep the business yep. surviving yep. from there. So. Um, with the moving and everything else, it probably took us 15 years to pay off all the notes and everything. Now we were making money, but I was but you're putting, putting that into the business. Right, right. Yeah. So, so 15 years ago, um, I actually, well, I take it back. 18 years ago, I actually became debt free. I okay. have no home mortgage, no car note, no credit card note, no just month to month expenses, and that was because. I waited. I didn't buy brand new cars up front, yeah. even though I could finance them for seven years right. or something. I right. bought older, and I still do. I buy cars right. that are older. Yeah. Um, but it, it took, and that's what people don't want to do nowadays. That you got to wait. Yeah. It's like growing corn. You got to plant it, water <laughs> right, it, right, weed right. it, and then later on you get to harvest it. So now I'm pretty sure you're living very stable <laughs> with this business that you got. You don't have no. You don't have nothing anymore. No bills, no notes. No, like exactly. Right. And and so, but all I, because of your patience. All because you, yes. you waited. Patience and hard right. work. I was willing to do all the work. I cleaned the bathrooms. I mopped the floors, yep. and I still do to this day. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a form of leadership yeah. for me. Um, and then we took that as as money started coming in and started looking mm -hmm. for other investments. Uh, 2014 formed a real estate investment company here in, right, in this right, area right, right. and um, we started out and were able to pay cash for the first six or seven houses okay. so they weren't they had no debt structure as well okay. and as those monies came in we just started buying more houses uh, right now we're getting ready to close um, it's gonna put our assets on that investment company at close to a million dollars worth of right. homes that we own and so it's just it's still a patient thing but right. I've, I've never gone out and look nothing against folks but yeah, I've never yeah, gone yeah. out and bought a brand new car or an expensive European sure. model or anything else I sure. bought something that worked um, and so and just kept moving from there so you're not a person with the Tesla or nothing like that no either. no and look nothing against those folks no, nothing no, against no. folks that make millions and millions no. of dollars it's just I taught myself to live below my means, right. take that extra bit of money and reinvest it, and it just keeps coming back and back. So, so in other words, you're smart with your money. Yes. Put it that way. No, yeah. No one yeah. to brag, but you're smart with your money. You know right. how to how to where this should go. Okay, we should take 25% of this and put it over here, and this other 75 put it over here and somewhere sure. else. Sure. Exactly. And I and I have to be honest with that, Dylan. It's not because I'm the smartest guru no. financially. It's because I'm old and experienced. <laughs> So, so for every success I've got, sure. I probably got a failure story as well. Oh. Um, we've opened restaurants all over the south part of Mississippi. Some of them did great and we sold. Some of them were didn't do great. Yeah. They didn't make the money and we had to sell them and take a loss. But it's it's been that experience thing, finding out what's going on. You say the on. failure story. Not at, no, no one sees the failure. They only see yeah. how they rose to the top. And right. And I see where you're coming from. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people don't see the hard work. They right. think you got the money from somewhere else. Or <laughs> look how you're living now. And I'm like, let me take you back to the first 20 years of yeah. building this restaurant when I missed family outings. Yep. My kids were growing up and I can't go because this person's not there. So there was a lot of sacrifice, personal time before we actually. And you say that it is. It might be like, because even I will go like, um, you see somebody owns a big business and they branch out with six different cities and you're like, <laughs> that guy's rolling in the dough, but in actuality, right. they're not making, they're making probably just enough to pay the bills and put stuff back into right. the business. Right, and just keep growing yep. it from there. And uh, and we had done that some at one time. We'd had as many as four um, locations of different types of restaurants, um, but it just got to the point it was running me ragged yep. overseeing them. Yep. So we just, we, um, we just dropped back and yep. one restaurant and did the housing market instead. So is this the only restaurant you have here? Or yes. Do you own no, this is the only restaurant okay. I own at okay. this point in time. We have had locations in Popperville. We had a seafood restaurant here. Okay. Um, we owned what used to be Boomerangs. 
Right. Okay. Right. We okay. owned that for a while okay. and then sold it. So, you know, I would try different things, but try to put myself in a position that if right. it didn't work quite right, if I could just sell and get my money back out yep. of it, then I had more experience. So, Pizza Inn, that's your name. That's you, you, you created that name? No. no. So, that's a okay. great question okay. a lot of people that's, didn't that's realize. I was wondering. I was like, what's yeah. going on? I wonder how you got into the copyright and owning it, but since no, I'm No, I'm just a franchisee. Okay. Pizza okay. Inn is a corporate structure out of Dallas, Texas. Okay. Been around since the mid-50s. Okay. Um, it's a smaller chain, so a lot of people, if they don't, and there's not a lot of stores in Mississippi, so, sure. so a lot of folks think it's me, but it's... it's That's exactly what I thought. Yeah, exactly yeah. Thought. No, no, no. I, I pay royalty fees to a corporate structure okay. every week. Um, but what I do here is I put that mom-and-pop spin on it. Right. And I... I own the atmosphere, I guess you could sure. say. And so it's kind of like, you know, you go to a McDonald's or something and, and sometimes they're different yep. and it's just because of the people working in their attitude. So pizza ends the same way. And it does have the uh, mom and pop vibe yeah. feel to it. Like it's not one of those, oh, you can come in, oh, this is everywhere. Right. Like it's just, right. oh, I can see it's just being here, you know, and then you go, you know, like two counties over, and it's like, hey, there's, and there's another, another one, one. Yeah. right? And and so we get new folks in, and they're like, man, we had no idea. This is yeah. like a hole, you know, a hole in the wall in the good way <laughs> right. type deal. Um, but then we also get a lot of folks um, that have back in the early '80s, there were pizza inns all over the coast okay. in Hattiesburg. There were quite a few around, and we get folks in, are like, man, I haven't eaten at a pizza inn in 30 years. So. I just had a couple come in last week that were celebrating their 22nd wedding anniversary, okay. and their first date was at the Pizza Inn in Popperville. Wow! So it's it's been That's a cool. fun ride over the over the years here. So here there is this Pizza Inn, Pizza Hut, Domino's, Little Caesars. Correct. Have you seen any fluctuation prices since them have? Because Pizza Hut's been here, right? Domino's and Do, uh, uh, Little Caesars has it. So have you seen right. any like? Because obviously there's competition. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and look, what I like to see there to be less competition. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Everybody would. So you so yeah, pizza place here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, when they came in, of course, everybody tries anything new forever. Yeah, yep. And um, and we felt that we felt that oh, yeah. in uh, in the sales difference, um, probably for about the first year. But then we just, we didn't change anything. Right. We just do what we do over and over and over, and then people started coming back, coming back, coming back. And so we're back to normal at, at this point in time. Um, I will say that Stone County, Wiggins in particular, has the largest concentration of national pizza places, because okay. we have four, yeah. of any incorporated town in the state. Wow. We're basically, really? in, in number sense, we're oversaturated for what we've got. And it's kind of weird because like every corner you, because Wiggins is small. Right. Like, we got like, what, one red light, something <laughs> like that. And it's like, every corner you turn, there's a pizza there's place. There's a pizza place. there's one right down the corner, one here over there. Right. To the, to the right of us. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, so That's it's. kind of cool to hear that we're the one with the biggest pizza yeah, in the county. In yeah, the, the most saturation yeah. for this. It really is. But, you know, I think what's helped us is we didn't change anything. We've been the same family owned and operated. Mm -hmm for the last almost 30 years now here in town. And so people come back to that. Um, we teach our staff, we wanna have really good consistent food, but we wanna have great service. Okay. Because it's my belief when we go, you go, anybody goes to a restaurant, if the food's great but the service is not, that's yep. all you remember. Yeah. So we want you to have good food. We do special requests, but we want you to remember that service. We were friendly, right. we were on the spot taking care of things. Right. So since you are a franchisee, which means you just own this part, but there's a bigger person that owns the whole company. Yes. So I see you have like, obviously you have like the different types of pizzas. Are you able to come up with a new recipe or you have to send it to that guy and say he has to accept it or what? Well, we used to be able to send it in and get it accepted and, okay. and it was a lot, it was an efficient process. Right. However, a couple of years ago, the FDA got involved okay. and everything has to have calorie counts and nutritional information. Yep. Right. So now it's a long process. For a new pizza to come out, it has to go through research and development for Pizza in corporate, and they okay. go, "Hey, it looks good," but then they have to pay thousands of dollars sure. to have that analyzed to get the FDA sure. information to put it on there. So there's not a whole lot of new introductions. 
anymore. So obviously you've, you've made the pizzas out of the rib. How, how long is it, let's say if you were to go back there now and make a pizza, how long would it take you? Like you, just a regular pepperoni, how long would if, it take if you? If I make it, and again, I'm old and experienced, yeah, sure. so yeah, um, that's what I'm I can yeah. make them in less than a minute. We okay. pop them in the oven, they come out six minutes later. <laughs> right. So it's, it's a good thing. Hey, and here's a really cool thing. I'm glad you mentioned that and I thought about yeah. it. We're one of the last places that actually make our dough fresh every day. Okay. We've got a giant mixer. It's like doing homemade bread. Right, we right, mix right. the dough. We let it proof. We put it in pans, proof it up. Most places now get a frozen dough in or, or a pre-rolled dough. They have sure. to let proof up, kind of like what you buy at the grocery store. Sure. But we're making dough every day. And when people talk to me about how good the pizza is, uh, we have a great sauce. But I'm telling you, it's, it's the crust. And it's because yeah. we make it every day. So it has that homemade type texture and flavor too. So for me, I'm a thin crust guy. Yeah. To me, thick is, is, is too much bread. Yeah, fair Personally, enough. for me. Yeah. So what are you, a thin, thick? I'm a thin. Thin, yeah. I, I'm a thin I like person. the crunchiness of the end, like, you know, because there's some people that don't eat crust. Right. But like, if you would, you just take the bite off of it and it's like, okay, I'm going to eat it because it's yeah. like eating. You know. Yeah, we love a thin, kind of crackery, crispy Ooh, crust. Yeah, That's exactly. my favorite to go so to. So I'm trying to keep touch on the time. You open at 11. I figure about another 20 minutes we'd be good. If it, if I, I'll talk to you as long as you want okay. to, as long as it doesn't get too loud in here for no, you. No, you're cool um i don't write notes you see i just uh, yeah, i just no. write notes i don't write questions it's um, cool. and i'm just rambling so no, if i'm rambling no, too much cool. you can give no, me a sign to i have people on here all the time i'll say <laughs> so how'd you come up with that song i don't know man i just think it in bed how, how can i go off that like that's how i face my questions how can i go off that <laughs> yeah like, I, understand. I, I love people like you that just give yeah. me more than what i'm asking well for. i love this this uh the setup because I don't feel like we're doing anything special. I feel like we're having a conversation. Well, that's what I try because most of the time, this is not like a music-centric podcast. Okay. And entertainment-wise, so usually it's over the phone because I I can't go to Nashville every gotcha. day. Gotcha. Okay. And so here it's like I'm trying my best to make it feel just me and you. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I do have a laptop here, but I, that's what I'm. None of that bother. I'm talking to you. I'm <laughs> yeah. not. I no. ignore it. Microphone's far else. enough away. Yeah. We don't feel like you're talking. It's yeah. Like, so, um, here, you were a 2005's top 10 under 40. Yes. What is that exactly? Sure, sure. There's actually two recognitions. One is a statewide recognition, sure. and that is top 40 under 40. So, that is a leadership recognition for the whole state that uh, someone has to nominate you for. Then you get a letter in saying you've been nominated, send us all of your accomplishments, credentials, so forth and so on. So, in 2005, I was named statewide a top 40 business leader under the age of 40 okay. based on accomplishments, okay. uh, which was kind of unique in the whole state. Sure. Sun Herald does a top 10 under 40 for South Mississippi. Which is the newspaper here. Yes, right. yes, coming off the coast. And um, I was nominated actually in the same year for that as well okay. by someone, turned in the same credentials, was accepted for that. And so I was named top 10 business leaders in South Mississippi. So obviously that has to make you nervous because it's like, Okay, if I screw up, this is going to come back. Those people are going to be like, wow, that was a bad choice to make. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and they Which make... Which everybody has screw-ups. Right, but right. And, and I think they look at um, not only your business accomplishments, sure. but what you're putting back into the community. Sure. Um, and, and that's part of being a business leader. That's a responsibility. Yep. You know, I love out of Spider-Man. The, the one saying that's always <laughs> said with me, with great power... Comes great responsibility. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so for me, if you're a business leader... Um, you have a responsibility. Yep. If you don't want to fulfill that, don't be a leader. Sure. Um, and so we've always tried to give back. Look, we've given back um, since we opened here January of 1992. We do a lot of programs. We do cash support. We do gifts in kind support. We do the honor roll card. Oh, yep, yeah, right. Which we've done here forever. And um, let me t can I tell you the history behind that real sure, quick? Sure, sure. Cool. Whatever so when we, when we came to town, the gold card system was in place, which is awesome. All A's, you get all of these special rewards. Right. You know it was in place for someone who made five A's and one B? What was that? Nothing. So the student right. that missed it by one point got nothing. And you know what? We believe that A's and B's are above average. Right. Okay? Right. And they ought to be rewarded. So we came up with a program, and uh, we did some research on it. We drilled it down so that anyone in school from the age of kindergarten, through the age of sixth grade, basically elementary school. Right. If they make five B's and one A, they're honor roll. We give them a card for that nine weeks. It's good for three free buffets. Okay? okay. So they can come in and use that. We don't require a parent's purchase. Sometimes we have families that 
may not be in a financial point right. to do all that. So if they just come in and sit with their child, we feed the child free. It's all about celebrating the child's accomplishments. We give them high fives. We do things like that. Anyway, we what add is, all. What is a high five? Is it just like an actual yeah. high five? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if it was a program. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. No. Look, when kid, and, and here's why people go, why don't you do it? We do the gold card for everything. For, uh, for everybody okay, as well okay, okay. but but this this program we developed is geared towards those ages because it's my personal philosophy is that's when you uh, begin to learn study habits sure. and are motivated by right. grades when you get yeah. to high school you're, you're gonna make what you're gonna make because you're either motivated or not mm -hmm. but we have so many success stories from teachers where a child made five B's and a C and they sure. didn't get a card and they worked hard to pull it up. Right. And we want to celebrate that so that they get used to being rewarded at an early age for grades and then it just becomes natural later in their age as well. So another thing I like that you guys do is if it's your birthday, you oh. bring your, your license or your ID yeah. and you get a free buffet as well. Right. That's, How did that start? Was it just something like, well, I'll, how did that come about? I don't even know what to ask. Yeah, How did no, that come about? no, no. So different places, you know, um, we just kind of pulled off of other programs that did things for okay. free on okay. their buffet, I mean on their birthday. Right. And we wanted to do something for adults. We do a lot sure. of kid-driven stuff. So it's bringing an ID that's got your birthday on it, right. typically 16 or yeah. older, um, and, and you get a free buffet with that. Right. No, no questions asked. It was our way to give back to customers. It's also a, uh, a marketing um, strategy as well because... We, uh, we use that same thing on social media. We remind people every day that's part of our acquaintance right. system, hey, you get a free buffet. So that's always going out. Typically, when someone comes in to eat their buffet for free okay. on their birthday, uh -huh. they are not alone. Okay. They'll bring two or three friends. Yeah. And so when friends go, where do you want to go eat for your birthday today? What? And they're like, oh, I want to go to Pizza Inn because it's free. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to spend yeah. no cash. Right, you right. Full. Yeah. Right. And so our goal is to spread that, give back a little bit, but then also hope to bring two or three other people in. But what I love about it also, let's say if you go to over to like a Mexican restaurant or something, you say, oh, it's my birthday. They're going to come and they're going right. to gonna clap and they're going to embarrass you. You guys, you just say, oh, thank you, had birthday, go get your buffet. Right. And, right. And that's, and that's it. For an anxiety-driven guy like me, it's like, <laughs> Yeah, so we don't make a big deal out of it. Um, that way there's no awkwardness on the person sure. that's its birthday or the crew that's busy doing something. We just we kind of sidestep that and go from there. Hey, I do want to back up, though, because no, no I was problem. telling you about go the ahead. honor roll card yeah, yeah. and giving back to the community. So this is something most people don't know, yeah. is that we've totaled up all of that support, whether it be donations or honor roll cards, this, right. that, and the other, and we have put back into the community over $1.5 million wow. in the time here. Um, and so, you know, people are like, well, this or that. You don't see us on radio. You don't see me driving a $100,000 no. card. No. We just, same philosophy on the finances, mm -hmm. we reinvest it. Your money, when you eat here, is going to go back into the school somewhere or a sport somewhere or something so like that. Where, where has been one place where you're like, we have to give it back to this one place? Yeah, so some of our big... Uh, things that we support of course the honor roll card that value right. of those are, are in there as okay, well okay so you spend money on that for the well yeah we put kids. a value on those okay. free buffets that we give out oh, because it's not money you. so it's like we're donating you. that money back to the you. school um, um, we've always been a strong supporter of school sports um, the Stone High Band right. is a guaranteed right. benefactor top of the every year top of the list right. what can we do to help you right. and, and go from there um, just yesterday we donated to um, I've got a sheet up front, we'll have to see what it is, but it's backpack supplies, it's going back okay. to school supplies on an event that's being held out at the Jerry Fairley Soccer Complex. Okay. And okay. so typically when an organization comes in, we can't do everything for everybody, yeah. but we try to make at least a drop in the bucket for them, you know, right. and, and go out. And, and we pretty much sponsor anything. Our favorite charity uh, would be um, Dean Ash, the Food Pantry, and um, the Stone County Society for the Prevention of Cruelty yeah. Against Animals, okay. Katie Stonington. Right. And right. so she just knows if she needs something, I mean, she just, just, <laughs> she just lets us know we have a heart for animals. And too, so, yeah. yeah, so it's every time a tournament or something's come up, we sponsor that. If you just right. need something, let us know and we go from there. Right. So, so getting away from the business for now, sure. you are running for Chancery Clerk. Correct. Which I did a little, kind of a little bit investigated. <laughs> I was like, what in the flip is this? I have to know at least a little bit, which was basically you take stand and like land 
lawsuits and stuff like that so yeah. expand on that a little bit sure absolutely let me give you just a little background history leading oh, I mean, into yeah, that because yeah. people are like I, um i live in the county now but i lived in the city yes back during the era of katrina in those okay. years and i actually was on the city council here in wiggins as an alderman oh, you were. yeah right. yeah right. yeah we went into office on june the first 2005 okay because katrina was 05 right so you had brand new board members and Katrina two months later. Mm. So um, I was I worked through a lot of that mm. uh, devastation, disaster, and then you had all these monies coming in that you had to figure out. And I'm a numbers guy, and that, yeah, that's yeah. leading me up to this Chancery Clark thing. Um, projects I participated on was, de was um, divesting those millions of dollars into other projects. Right. Uh, I led a team when they wanted had a, an audit done and wondered what raised water prices for everybody in sewer. Um, I led a team that researched that and we right. were actually able to come up with a plan that was almost 30% of what they wanted to raise them. So we saved about 70%. Mm -hmm. I led a team that did research on um, the uh, water towers, a new water tower coming okay. in. So okay. I, I'm a real research driven guy. Mm -hmm. Again, go back. I don't accept it just because you said so. Yeah. Let me crunch numbers and see if yeah. I come up on the same place. Um, and then I moved out in the county. So Chancery Clark, Gerald Bond's retiring. So the, the thing's wide open okay. right now. There's not an incumbent. And what concerns me most is I would say a majority of the people don't know what a Chancery Clark is or what they do. Right. And, and I mean, that's a fair statement, yep. not because they're ignorant, they just have no idea yep. what they do. So in Stone County, you have two clerks, okay. which is kind of unique to Mississippi and a few other states. You have a circuit clerk, which handles criminal sure. and everything okay. there. Okay. Chancery okay. handles the civil side, okay? Chancery would handle your land deeds, land recording, sales. Like civil court, Yes, okay. yes, okay. exactly. Anything about... Um, discrepancies there they also handle um, collecting child support and things of that nature they can be guardians of a child who has received money through an estate they handle a ton of money okay. and a ton of records okay. and so it's got to be very exact going into this right account where it's going things of sure. that nature um, and so for that that to me is a perfect fit for a businessman mm -hmm. and somebody that does what what I do Stone County needs a business person okay. running the business division. Which and you are. That's what, yes, that's what I am, and that's what the Chancery Clerk is. It's a business division. So, because so, here's another cool okay. thing. If, yeah. I'm just no, rambling. No, that's no, cool you're you're no I love it. Here's, here's a really cool thing basically nobody knows about Chancery Clerk. Um, at the end of the year, when all the salaries are paid, when all the expenses are paid, yeah. any money that's left over okay. in that operating account, gets rolled over to the county okay. for them to use in their next budget year. Okay. So if your chancery clerk is really savvy and they're financially smart and they're efficient and so forth, they can add to that balance because if they are able to not get rid of people but to cut expenses to, you know, the more money yeah. that business side of the county makes, the more money goes into the general fund the next year. Which Lord knows we need a county fund more because there there are some places that have caused wrecks and we could use more red <laughs> right. lights or stop signs. Right, right. So, so let's say you are you get the chancery clerk, you sure. get what is it called? Deemed as it? I don't know what the correct word is. Um well yeah, elected. Elected, yeah, okay, there elected, you go. yeah. You get elected chancery clerk. Sure. Will this affect this business, this pizza place in any outcome? Because I know your wife is right. co with you, she run, runs right. just as much as you do. Right. So, so, so yes, it's going to affect yes and right. no. Right. And, and when I say that, it's going to be that, um, and this is a word I'm trying to get to people because some are concerned about me doing both. Right, right, I'm right. not going to do both. If I'm elected as Chancery Clark, you're going to step down that's, and take yes, that. Yes, I will retire from my day-to-day -day president operation where I'm here. My wife, Tabitha, will take right. that over. We've already geared that up by bringing in some other staff, training them, being ready. You know, in a crisis situation, I'm still around to sure. make decisions, but it's not going to be a thing of, oh my gosh, I got to run over here to Pizza Inn, or oh yeah. my gosh, I got to. I mean, that'll be my full time. Okay, yeah, that's what I was wondering. How, yeah. would, how would you manage both yeah. if you were going to? Yeah, do both? no, no, I'll just step back. I'll still. We're a corporation, so my shares will still be owned. But okay. you've had um, great national business leaders that have done the same thing recently <laughs> right. where they stepped away from their business to take right. a position in government and let it keep going. So, I'm going to take a step back from that. You yep. 
are big on skydiving and planes. Yeah. Where did that fascination? Because you do what is it? Wings over Wiggins. Wings, wings over Wiggins. Wings, wings, wings over, over Wiggins. Wiggins. Okay. Yep, is a is an air show, a fundraiser, and so we jump here for them every year. And uh, I blame that skydiving on my wife actually. Okay. When I turned forty, Tim McGraw was big with a song that says "Live Like You're Live Dying." Like You're Dying. And he went skydiving. Yeah, you remember all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that song was big, and I said one day, you know, I'd like to do that. And so for my 40th birthday, she bought me a certificate to go skydive, which I did. Okay. Okay. Um, Didn't it was fun over with several years down the road other people were going so I did it two or three times what they call a tandem where someone's hooked to you right and then I just decided you know it's kind of like riding in a fancy sports car on the passenger side it gets boring after a while and I'm ready to either learn how to do it or quit riding yeah so I learned how to do it and I took all the classes got into that loved it I've competed locally statewide nationally for several years I own eight state records and, Ooh, and a world you, record. How do you do records? Yeah, I see? Like, like, yeah. Like, now we're going down this rabbit hole, which I love doing it. Like, how fast you jump, pull the parachute, or what is... <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Great question, because everybody's wondering, like, yeah, it's how just do you one guy. Records? What do you do a record? Right. So these records are actually formation, larger formations with multiple oh, skydivers okay. in it. Um, okay. And so for these events, then you bring whatever the previous record was, right. you bring larger groups together and you have to jump and put that formation together gotcha. uh, in the air. And then it gets more complicated. You can uh, earn a different record if you put them together and then change positions. Right. So it's a whole new formation. Right. And uh, so I've jumped in, my state records are as small as I think 30 in one state, as large as 50 in another state. I've done 100, what we call 100 plus ways. Sure. which is more than a hundred skydivers at one time okay and two years ago in chicago we set a world record for jumping 111 people out of five planes at one time coming together and changing the formation three okay. times so it's been a fun ride do you own any kind of planes or anything like that oh you, I, I i don't own, don't own i don't okay. own any planes okay. um i've just always devoted myself back to this sport in particular I own my own equipment. I know how to do all my own okay. safety checks and everything. So you're not that. like a pilot for say. No. You you're just a skydiver. I'm just you're, a yep. You you I'm just a out simple. Oh my gosh, yes. So look, it's <laughs> it's more about so people are like I'm scared of heights. Well, yeah, if we were too. on the roof, I'd be scared to death. I wouldn't go near the edge of this roof for yeah. fear of falling off. Yeah. Um, when you're two and a half miles up, fourteen thousand feet, it's kind of different. But I got to tell you, my first probably hundred jumps. I was like, what am I doing here again? Um, but I was hooked on it. So it's, it's almost more of an anxiousness than just okay. a fear um, of, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. But once you get out of the plane, it's an experience that you can't relate to anybody yeah. that's never done it before. So Your anxiousness is, okay, I can't wait. My anxiousness would be, okay, I gotta jump down to get to the ground. Like yeah. mine wouldn't be, oh my God, I can't believe, no, no, I just, I'm getting to that no. ground, I'm kissing the floor. <laughs> kissing the grass letting go of the plane you know stepping across that line even though somebody's strapped to you to me was the biggest leap of faith but then you're out in the air doing 120 miles an hour you can't tell that because you're not passing things you just feel this great rush of wind then the parachute opens and they gently float you back down to the ground so generally how long does it take from the time you jump from the plane to the ground how long is it like 15 20 minutes Um, an hour no no you're probably looking at in that 10 to 12 minute range still pretty good long yeah time. yeah long time. so for the for somebody doing it for their first time yeah. as a tandem you're gonna get about 60 seconds of free fall yeah which is short but seems like forever mm-hmm. uh, and then you have anywhere from a five to seven minute ride down under the canopy and you're laying really soft and everything so are you one of the you said you were qualified and all that mm-hmm. so does that mean like you can Per se, I would just jump out. You could hook to me and be the front guy at the top. Is that, okay. is that what that means? Um, I can't do that. Okay. And I so, want to tell you why. So you're the yeah. guy at the bottom. Right? Well, I'm I'm the guy jumping on my own at this point. Oh. Just when you first begin, okay. you've got to have that okay. instructor attached to you. And right. I, I could do that. It takes certain ratings to do different things. I'm a, right. I'm a coach. Um, in skydiving, I have that rating. I uh, have a professional rating as well. That's okay. what allows me to jump into football games and out here and other things. I've right. proven that. Um, for the tandem rating, I've just never done it because that's a working position. Mm-hmm. And skydiving is my release. Sure. It's my hobby. I don't want to go there and work. 
So those guys will start you out. If you start learning on your own, then I can pick you up yeah. and start teaching you better right. ways to, to skydive. Right. So, in other words, it's your stress relief. Like, you're like, oh, oh have, yeah. have you ever been so stressed and just like, I'm going to jump out of a plane? Yes. You have? Yes. I've been so stressed that my wife has told me, you need to go skydiving <laughs> soon. I've got you. So, yeah, it, it's, so it's that big of a hobby. Like it's, it, it is. I love it. Yeah. And it's just, when you're in that cool, mm-hmm. clean air and you're just doing your thing, it's, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. It just is. I don't, I don't, people go, well, it's a death wish. And I'm like, no, it's not. I mean, we're super safe about everything. Um, I don't ride motorcycles. They scare me to death. Yeah. Well, other people that drive around motorcycles yeah. scare me to yeah, death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't do diving. I tried that once. I didn't like it. So everybody's got their, quote, extreme sport or something they do. And um, skydiving is just another one of those. It's safer than driving a car as, so, really? as far as fatalities. Yeah. My fear would be you go up into the propeller, you know, and you'd hit the wing and then you'd kill you. Like, that's, that's just yeah, one of the enough. fears. Well, the like, good Ooh. news is you're not going to get out in front of the propeller. You're behind it, okay. so you don't have to worry about the so propeller. So you wouldn't go that way? No. Okay. Okay. Yes, the plane's flying forward. The propeller's pushing right, it. There's nothing right. on the back side. Okay. So you're okay. leaving from the back of the plane as it's gotcha. going out from there. So, so, so there's no ch- Okay, no. I got you now. No. So how many times do you know right about how many times you've jumped out? Because you said you've yeah. got, oh, your, oh, your first hundred. I was like, good God, hundred. Yeah, so I did a hundred my first year. I did four my second year and my third year but we were training for national competition so we were practicing so if you're doing 400 one year does that mean you're doing it every day or twice a day you're doing it twice a month uh, for a full weekend and you're getting in 20 to 30 jumps in a weekend so I mean it's just it's it's work it's practice is what that is not fun jumps Um, once I quit competing nationally I dialed it back I think I'm closing in on about 1700 jumps right now which sounds like a great number but I pale in comparison to those that have six seven ten thousand jumps Um, I've been doing it November will be ten years so I'm I'm a newbie to the sport ten years is still a newbie yeah yeah just because of the experience and and everything else and I'm always a student you know I'm always learning and we're a a student till we die right if you ever think you know it all you don't Exactly. So you just go from there. <laughs> so going back to the business side real quick, was there ever a point from 90 to now where you're just like, we're going to have to pull a plug on this, we're going to have to end it because we're just not making it? Or was there ever a, I mean, oh, there's yeah, always fair a fear, Yes. but was there ever... So I'm going to tell you, if, if financially I had been able to pull the plug in those early years, probably would have. Okay. But because of debt and obligations... Um, couldn't do it. You just you know, brave enough. Right. right. I mean, there were some days I got up because I was excited about going to work. There were some days I got up because I didn't have a choice. The bank note was coming up next week, and I had to work. So that, um, I've just always had, although failure's part of it, I've always had this, I hate to use the word fear, but concern of failure. Okay. And so if it's a challenge or people feel like I can't do it or something's up, it just makes me push an extra 20% to, to go right. forward from there. So, so yeah, there are times I stayed in business because I owed banks and light companies and things of that. Um, you can't just, you know, if you get unhappy with your job, you can just quit. If you own the business and you own a yeah. lot of money, you just don't get to quit. <laughs> so getting up now and going to work, what do you, let's so say you get up, you got up this morning. Yeah. Let's just say you didn't have this interview here. Okay. You just getting up, coming normal. Yeah. Were you stressed? Were you excited? Were you happy like what are you normally when you come in on a regular day i'm excited You're excited i am i stress get up no, i mean the stress is always there's there, always stress but here always lower. but right right if i'm stressed now it's usually not about this restaurant it's about other deals working on buying houses or doing something here my stress now is self-inflicted because sure. i get too many irons in the fire I used to be the guy to do everything. If you had a special project in town or you needed somebody on this committee yeah. or a judge there yeah. plus this and that, and um, the hardest thing for me to learn was to say no. Not in a mean way, but just to go, my plate's full, I appreciate the opportunity, but I just can't add another thing to my plate. So what was the hardest thing for you personally about owning this business? What was the hardest thing you had to jump over the hurdle of? Um, well, the finances were a, were a huge thing. Okay. And, and so let me tell you, owning this business, now I go back and I say I worked at Domino's for, for five or six years. Sure. Um, that set me up 
to understand okay. this type of business. Although right. they were delivery, I understood the operation of a pizza business. Right. Okay. So I didn't have to come in and learn everything on my own. Being a franchise, I already had recipes in place. So gotcha. I didn't have to come up with recipes. There was a lot of support in, in being a franchise. Um, but I tell folks all the time now, you know, they're like, hey, I'm going to open this restaurant or hey, I'm going to open this clothing store. Or, hey, I'm like, do you have experience in that? The greatest advice I've ever read in a book said, if you're going to start your own business, spend a year learning about that area, that type of business. So if you want to open a sandwich shop one sure. day, I highly recommend that. doesn't mean you got to go to work at Subway, gotcha. but, but go in or find a mentor right. that's willing to sit down and right. go, yeah, you want to know about this? Come in a couple of days a week and let's right. go through it. But just walking out there and opening right. it on your own because you got a great idea for a sandwich, sure. that, it, that's scary. Yeah. Right. Got you. Right. Be because friends and family go, man, you make a great sandwich. That may be true there, but there's so much more. When, when people come in here and they're like, hey, I didn't see you on that day, or hey, I didn't see you on that day, I tell them I'm like the glue in the cardboard box. You don't get to see it, but, but it holds everything there. together. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of office stuff, and ad and I handle all of that for the store, but the payroll, the advertising, all of that type of things as well. So you mentioned, have you seen people come in and say, I'm going to start this restaurant or this business, and they do it, and you see them fail? Because I, nine times out of ten, they don't have the capabilities or the experience. There's only going to be probably one person in a million that's right. going to... Right. Big so the, the, the two biggest failures or two biggest reasons for restaurant failures when people sure. open up is one lack of experience um, because the customer base isn't real forgiving. They are okay. in the beginning, but six months down the road, if your food's still not good or your service isn't good, they're not coming back. Mm -hmm. Okay. The uh, the number one reason for restaurant failures nowadays is lack of capital funding. They don't sure. have deep enough pockets to go in. People come in and they're like, okay, well, it's $9 for a buffet and there's 100 people. Man, he's got $1,000 worth of customers in here and it turns over. Uh, that's just cash flow. That's yeah. not profit. Percentage goes here, this <laughs> right. percentage goes there. Right. Yeah. It's just a big pipeline and yeah. a little bit sticks on the side. And so when you open up a restaurant, um, my rule of thumb is you've got to be able to work for six months and not take a penny. Not take a salary penny, not take a profit penny, okay? After six months, you still got bills to pay, but in that first six months, you need to get your startup costs paid down, everything that you've put out front right. kind of paid down from there. And then you start drawing a little bit of salary here and there. Right. Um, it is not a get-rich-quick scheme. Yeah. It, it's a long-haul scheme. But yeah. if you like being your own boss, if you like the atmosphere of a restaurant, and you gotta like people. You gotta, I mean, I just firmly believe it's gotta be this one-on-one -on -one type relationship you build with people, yeah. and they keep coming back. You know, over over the years, we've had um, customers that were coming in when, uh, when we first opened, and maybe they were a little bit older, 30 or 40, okay? Mm. But then they had kids, right? and those kids grew up with Pizza Inn, and now those exactly. kids are old enough, yeah. I've got grandkids coming in. Yeah. And, and so it's just this generational thing of, hey, we're going to see, it's Mr. Bill. I, I right. get kids in, I take them back in the kitchen and everything. I just treat them like family. Right. You know, and, and that's what we do. So last couple of questions here. Yeah. Um, going on about close to 45 minutes. We've been going pretty yeah, long. It doesn't even seem like it. Look, I'll talk all day. You just have to tell me to hush. So um, Before I get to the main nitty-gritty here, you yeah. mentioned Spider-Man. You're a superhero fan like I am? Or you just mentioned that one quote? I mentioned that quote. I've watched a few of okay. the Spider-Mans. But, okay. but no, I'm not a big... Uh, nothing wrong with superheroes. No, I like no. the movies, but I'm <laughs> yeah. not into all the detail. Yeah. I watch movies, and you know what's strange about me is uh, I watch movies and I hear quotes like that. Uh, um, Remember the Titans was well, another yeah. one. I hear this thing and I'm like, man, that's a that's a business philosophy right there. That's right. a leadership philosophy, you know. And so those things stick out so in my you, mind. So for you, we're different in that way. Like you, you have the music, the, the movie quotes in your head. Mine's the music lyrics, like because oh. I'm just a big music nerd, yeah. man. I've listened to all the '40s and the '50s and all the good stuff, and I know mostly everything about most artists. Because yeah. it's just I research. It. Oh, that's so awesome. Wouldn't be a music-centric podcast if I didn't ask this question. What music are you listening to and grew up on and yeah, so 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 I grew up into my high school years on my mom and dad's music, which was country and yeah. Beach Boys and probably some Eagles. Right. Still all great fallback. Yep. I yep. mean, I love listening to yep. them. Me too. Um, got into upper high school and some college, started listening to some rock and stuff. Um, 
Fleetwood Mac. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. Led Zeppelin. Sure. Van Halen was my number one right. group in yeah. my senior year of high school. You know, it was just my go-to from right there. But I, I like it all. Now, nowadays, I listen to, if, if I'm going to pick just a um, station to listen to, it's probably going to be 80s type rock right. uh, to listen to. But I listen to everything from, I love some good jazz. I love yeah. some good blues. I love Jimmy Buffett, island type music. So, really? yeah, really? I just, you know, now the country fans are going to hate me, but country's not my go-to music especially in what i call right. nowadays country i'll right. listen to some old outlaw country you listen to the 80s and the 90s yes some early 2000s yes yes right. somewhere in there um and so and side note on that did sure. you know that we have a band that plays here every thursday night Mm-mm. yeah no. yeah so you can said I, you just started no can i can i take a Follow rabbit hole me, real quick <laughs> cool so all Let's see, November <laughs> November will be 11 years that we've been in this location right. after we moved. Wow, that long. Yeah, yeah. Because I can remember when you were there, right. and then now you're here, and it's like... <laughs> now it's 11 it's years later. Yeah, so this band, I had 13 years ago a group of seniors, senior citizens, you know, right, right, mature right. folks, whatever they're politically... You probably got to yeah. edit that out, but anyway. No, I don't, I don't edit nothing out. Whatever you say, you don't care. <laughs> Are you serious? I don't care. You, you, you cuss, yeah. it's going to stay on. Yeah, no, fair enough. I'm just it's kidding. mine. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. I can do what I want. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, I just always pick with them about that. But yeah. they came to me 13 years ago and wanted to meet on a Thursday night to sure. have like a little dinner, and it was probably about eight or ten of them. And I'm like, yeah, y'all, come on, every Thursday. Well, about the third Thursday in, they said, hey, can we bring a guitar player over? I'm like, I'm open for new things. Bring him on. This guy's name, we call him Mr. Tim. He's okay. played pretty much every Thursday since 13 years ago. But he started out just coming in, playing, uh, started picking up. He kind of is the person who selects other band members. Okay. We, we call him the in-house band okay. because we don't all, we don't audition other bands. They're the in-house band. I N N house pizza in house. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Play on words there. Yeah. Yeah. And so they started playing 13 years ago. They moved over here with us. Um, okay. It's basically string type guitar, um, maybe a, a fiddle, violin, right. a banjo, mandolin, stuff like a that. A mandolin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But every Thursday night um, they play from six to eight. Here we actually. I know you're listening. No, it's okay. Where, where, it, where is it at? But it's actually see this long table right there. Yeah. We move that away, and that becomes their bandstand. It's great oh, acoustically gosh. because it comes off of that. Right. Comes this way, kind of wraps around and shoots back nice. over again. Okay. So they're through. I, I have no idea about acoustics, but the band members were like, this is great. We love it because it just kind of builds as it comes so around. So do they bring like the amplifiers? No, like no, no, no. It's no. just, it's, just it's them all acoustic. It. Yep. They play it and they play older stuff. Um, Older country, they play some gospel. Probably the newest song, and I can't think of what it is, would yeah. probably be 2000. You know, they pick gotcha. up one or two here, but nothing new, new. If it's 20 years or younger, they're probably not going to pay. But it's a great family thing. There's no charge. They come in. To them, it's a jam session. I yeah. feed them free. I work out some compensation throughout the year for right. them. But they're like, man, we get gigs where we have to go perform. Yeah. We just want to come relax. So right. every Thursday night from 6 to 8, they play. If you have a birthday, they are going to sing happy birthday to you if they find <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, no, we just have a good time. We have kids come in and go up there and dance around them and so forth. So, so that is kind of a cool place to have because the, the if they're just playing without amps and nothing like that, you got the echo of the kitchen Yeah. and it's coming around because how you have these beams, it's like they can just bounce off. Yeah. Like, yeah, so, and so that was a hard thing to focus on but like yeah you would understand all that i don't i'm just <laughs> right, like right, we're gonna right, feed right. y'all and make you happy right so i gotta tell you this real quick yep. like i said as long as you got all day and i'm gonna ramble for a while these <laughs> beams me, these beams because you brought them up sure see they run all the way down yep. through the yep. store and then they run through the game room as well right yep that's because when we started our lease here um we were told that it was about 4800 square feet which mm-hmm. is what we needed mm-hmm. uh, once we drew the plans and got to looking at it i'm like something's bad wrong here it was 3800 square feet which would not work. So we went to the owner of the complex back then. It was a local guy, so I love local sure. people out of Purvis. And he said, what's wrong? We told him, he said, well, what's the plan? The original walls to this building were here, all the way down through there. That's in line with Tower Loan Video Center. That's in line with Piggly Wiggly and the old radio shack. He said, we'll fix it. We'll just knock down all the exterior walls and bump yeah. it out eight feet. So they literally grew this building out for me to where we could get what we need. So we ended up with these beautiful columns that actually have a reason, and most people don't know that. So what, 
didn't like an ER or something? Yeah, there was. It used to be. There was here? a medical clinic here. Yeah, the Hattiesburg right. Clinic, which is just down the block, okay. was here at one used time. Used to be here. Right. Right. And so we just took it and they blew all the walls out. We yeah. stripped it down to the concrete and the studs and built back out from there. So, yes, we do have a video store here. Yes, we are. We're not yeah. Blockbuster, but. <laughs> and it's weird because I'm kind of the old school. Like, are there sure. any Blockbusters left? I thought, no, in video gallery. Because we used to have, no, that's what I was going to say. Movie gallery. gallery. That's what it was. We used to have that, and then now they're like disappeared. Yeah. But I watch Netflix, stuff like that, but I'm not like a, oh, I'm going to rent it for $2.99 on iTunes. Right. I will come here. Yeah. Even though you're going to pay the same amount. Right. But it's just the fact of me putting in a disc in the Blu-ray player. Right. And you can back it up. You can do whatever you want. Because it's like a book. Yes. Like, I, I don't like book on my tablet. I prefer in my hands grass. I'm right there with you. But yep. I have a library at my house, and it's like I don't know what it is. It's just I love the, the fact physical, that I can hurt it, like, right? Feel it in it. Dude. Yeah, yeah. So Fair enough. when you were building this, was over there. Uh huh. You had to be doing two jobs at once, right? Yeah, overseeing this and running that so at that the tough? same time. Yeah, it really was. You know, um, I've never built a house, but I know after no, building no. this, I'm never going to build a house. <laughs> you can buy it, one. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, um, because it just drove me right, insane. Right, 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 right. And, and just little things here and there, checking on this or having problems. And so, yeah. Yeah, I'm the guy that wants to get in and run the business part. Mm -hmm. I'm not the guy that wants to design it and make sure it's happening. So, what's your favorite part of running a business? Is it just that you can calculate this and get it 100% correct or what? No, you know what my favorite What's part that? of this is? And over the years, it was all the money and this, that, and the other, trying to make finances. Right. In. I, look, I just love greeting people. Yeah. I'm like the Mickey Mouse in Wiggins. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just, um, I, and look, I train my folks that way. We're here to give you really good food, great service, but we're here to make you feel better. And so we're always supposed to be smiling. I tell them Mickey Mouse never frowns. You've never That's seen true. Mickey Mouse frown, right? And I mean, we're in character. It's not just a job, and I got to do this. No, but I, I love making people happy. You never know how their day is when they came in. You know, in this rushed yeah. world that we have in, and people are, are rude because they're stressed. I want them to come in, ha have had a horrible day, relax, chill, leave, and go out, and just go, man, I feel better. So yeah. That's where I am in the business now. I, I love that right. customer service, just right. trying to make them, and, and listening to their problems, you yeah. know, just not fussing back at them. And that's gonna carry over into the Chancery Clerk. Sure. Because I've got a, a, a team there, okay? Um, and let me just say this so it's public and open. Follow me, go ahead. There are, there's discussion about different people wanting to change out staff over there and so forth. Okay. I'm not interested in that. I've okay. run companies, I've gone in and bought companies. I'm not changing out a team that works and is getting things done. I'm gonna come in and evaluate. Doesn't mean we won't make some changes of right. responsibilities right. Or, right. or this, that, and the other, but I'm not gonna come in and go, y'all are with the old guy, you're fired, I'm bringing my guys in. Right. No, just not gonna happen. You see that all the time. Yeah, you, you see, see it all, that the, all time. the time. And, and my most successful businesses that I've bought and run and so forth, where I was the CEO just making calls, I kept that team in place. For something we needed different, we try to retrain and, and right. go from there. But I wanna bring that same level of customer service over to that office and right. that is if you come in and you have an issue yep. it doesn't matter what kind of day or what I got to do I want to stop and make you feel better about your situation mm -hmm. and, and that's that's something you're gonna see me take to that office as well so I'm not the one to, to for really political like yeah. I don't I don't vote for president I don't, I, just, yeah. because, just because so I don't have a say so so okay. I can't complain oh Trump's doing this I don't care right but I figured I'd get you on because I can get the business side and the restaurant side of this sure. also with the so were you always in in, in like entertained by politics were you no no okay. not really and, and just for the record um you know I've I've always done my I've always voted and all of that and everything but I've, right. I've never been big into politics being a having a title or being a politician doesn't interest me what interests me is going in and working for the people. Right. How can I make this better? How sure. can I be assured that your tax money and the things you're paying for are being used properly? Sure. Um, and just doing that auditing. I, I love, part of my domino stamp towards the end was auditing stores and looking sure. through things and trying to come up with, with better ways to save money. So having a title, being a politician, that means nothing to me. You know. Kind of a tough question, but what would you do because I don't know what's wrong but what would you make better 
So uh, I can't say that anything's wrong there. Right. What I would like to see. You have more insight than I do. So yeah, like no, a, yeah, no, fair enough. And I'm not going to fault somebody that's been here for 32 right, years right. And, and so forth. Because it's been working what, perfect. For, right, yeah. right. But, but here's what I would like to see is this office move forward with more um, online accessibility sure. to tax records and payments and things of that nature. I've got... Um, Two neighboring county or two circuit clerks from neighboring counties. I'm sorry, Chancery clerks, Chancery okay. clerks, that have agreed to be my mentor. I've known forever their family, right. and so I can go to a larger city and go, "What's your operation here? How do I bring it back? Technology, right. bring technology in so it's easier on the office, easier on the user. That's what I want to do, and I want to maximize the amount of money we're able to give back to the county every year. So, with my thing with this podcast is. I don't want to have, like, they're like, you got to go to college to have a backup plan if it fails. That's my point. I don't want to have a backup plan because I know it won't fail. Were you ever like that? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I graduated high school. I went to Millsaps in Jackson. Okay. Um, and for about a year, and I was just like, this college thing ain't doing that, it for me. That's how I am. It's, it's just, just not, I'm ready to get out there and go. And so I left college. Yeah. Um, and just started my own thing. So I didn't have a backup plan. I didn't have a degree to fall back on. Right. Or something from there. Um, years down the road, that you know, I, I thought about getting an associate's degree okay. and working on that. And I actually, while working full time, seventy hours a week, and skydiving, I was taking eighteen hours of classes at MGCCC. Okay. Yeah. That online that, or going to the school? Uh, online. Okay. Okay. And that almost killed me. Right. You know, a full sky. I didn't realize how much time was devoted right. to a full right. college schedule. Right. Um, but I, I worked through that, so I attended college there, and I got some subjects I wanted and needed, plus my other stuff. Um, I was chasing that dream of that associate's degree for some reason. Sure. I don't know what it was. And it just finally, I was like, I don't I don't need that, per yep. se. Um, I'd rather be an inspiration to people and go, well, how much college do you have? Do you have an MBA? Do you have that? And I go, I got a high school diploma yeah. and two years of college. That's what I got, and I've worked my butt off from, from here. So... Um, I just want to prove that anybody can do it. You gotta have a heart for it. You gotta to want to do it. If you're doing it for the money to start a restaurant or a business in the beginning, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Right. It better be something you love to do. Get right. settled uh, down the road. You'll get some money to go along. So is this for you a family business? Like your wife will take it over. Then you're when you have a you got a daughter. I right? have a daughter. And then yep. her kids and like um, that. is that how it was? Even though you're not, not the sole owner, but you are for this part. Right, right. This will probably not pass directly down the line because Caitlin, my daughter, has right. her own dreams in the medical field. Okay. So she's going to pursue that. Okay. But we do have other family members that we're training here as well, so it may stay under the family tree. Just not underneath you yes. directly. Like yes. It, maybe to the side a little bit. Right, like, to like the your side. your cousin or your nephew, something right, like that. Right, right, exactly. So, so, last big question here. Yeah, man. For me. Look up to you as a business guy because you're a business dude. Okay. You, you've grown it from nothing to this. Okay. What would be some advice you would give me and to some of my listeners if they were to? Because th- this is my business. Okay. I, I make nothing. I'm, you know, out looking for sponsors and then trying to make a little bit of cash flow with it. Sure. What would be your advice for the small business owners like myself and some that's listening? Yeah. Um, find a mentor. Right. Find somebody that knows what's going on in this business. That sure. can, you know, people call me about wanting to help set up restaurants. And I go, I'm not a consultant, but I'll be your mentor. If you've sure. got ideas, I'll bounce them. I'll also find avenues that you can resource better information from. Sure. So, you know, you got to have a passion for it. If you didn't love doing this, you wouldn't do it for nothing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You got to be willing to do it for nothing to grow it into a business. Exactly. And then just look, I tell folks all the time, I ain't the smartest guy. I've already told you that. I ain't the yeah. smartest guy in the world. I'm a really good imitator. So I'll take other ideas and tweak them. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to reinvent the wheel. I'm just here changing the tire. Right. And, and going from there. So, right. you know, just, I don't know if that's enough words for my advice because I, I could ramble, but I want to keep it short. You, you went, what, you said 10 years before you actually saw a rise in actually cash flow? Yeah. I've been doing this almost three years. And yeah. it's like 130 something episodes and it's just like nothing. But then it's like, but that's okay because you see people that's working for, they're 40 years old now and they're just not getting into the right. Hollywood or something like that. And they're just not right. making it big. And it's right. like, it's going to be good on the long run. But then it also adds some depression and stress to it because mm-hmm. you're like, Am I doing this for nothing? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So so let me give you this illustration. Go ahead. All right. You're on a cruise ship, right? Sure. And you're going by and you see this island and, and the the tour guide tells you, yeah, that's such and such island and it's four miles away sure. from us, okay? And you happen to be looking over the rail and you fall off. 
you know there's an island there. You start swimming towards that island. Right. When do you stop? When you get to the island. Right. Because you don't want to, you know, you're not right. going to stop. Right. So three around. miles of hard swimming in choppy water, you're like, I'm tired. I'm yeah. tired. You know, I don't want to do this. Yeah. You got no choice. Right. You keep swimming till you get to the island. And I say that same thing with, with your uh, business here that you brought into us today. Keep swimming. Right. You know, if you're willing to do it for nothing and grow it, you have a great chance of being successful. So I'm proud of you, man. I really am. I'm excited to know in to see young entrepreneurs come in, yeah. be passionate, and, and grow and go from there. Well, see, when I first asked you, I was like, he's not going to do it. Not, not just because just I know you're a good, 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 nice guy, but I was like, he's just too busy. Like, he's running for chancery clerk. He's also running a probably a multi-million dollar business. Don't know, but you're still, you know. It is, just without going into detail. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't want to get too far in. I'm yeah, not no. That nosy. no. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. But you know what? I would say that's the type of guy. Somebody you go, man, that's a business leader, but he's probably too busy. That's who you need sure. to go talk to. Okay. You need to call them and ask them. Okay. Okay. Because I'm telling you, the truly great business leaders right. will always give time back to young entrepreneurs because somebody gave it to them. Yeah. Okay. They're paying it. They're paying it back. To, and I see that all the time. Like, like for example, like. Somebody that's on a TV show. Let's say a TV show goes 12 years. Mm-hmm. You're, you play this one character, Jeff. You, you play Jed or something like that. Okay. That one person after 11 years is getting tired of playing that character. And I look at it as why. You you, you took the role of playing the show knowing it could go that long, but then you right. say, I'm tired of playing it. You, you can't, that's not a business move. Exactly. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, no, exactly. I, I agree with so you. It's like you're either in it for the long haul or you're just in it for a little bit of payday and then you're right. done. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you got to stay in it for the long run, you know, and find the guys that can give you good advice. The busy ones are the best to ask. You know, if those guys are truly busy, they'll tell you that up front. But most of them will find time to sit down and give advice, read books. I mean, you already yeah. said you own books, but man, you know, if you looked at, at all the books I have, there's probably 10 or 15 fiction books. Most of them are nonfiction, either about history or business, business, right. business, just, you know, how to take care of yourself, how to take care of your business. I mean, the titles just go on and on. You know, I watched the Shark Tank. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's a good, but sometimes it's like, I have no clue what they're saying. So I was like, <laughs> they, had a, they released a book of like what everything does. Okay. Yeah, when you're talking like ROI and this yeah, and the like, other in your life. And then it narrowed it down and I was like, okay, I have a little sense of what they're doing. But then it's kind of like, you're getting $100,000 for eight percent of the company right. so you're valuing at this well how would you get it valued at that how would you know the numbers yeah and that's what i wanted to know exactly sometimes i, I know it a little bit like i'll be sitting over like oh well they want 12 million dollars for their company they value sure. it at that so i mean i do see yeah that and that's great research to have because as you become more successful you'll have folks wanting to come to you to partner on things or whatever right i've had that happen right you know and i'm like and i sit down and i have those conversations mm. where are these projections coming from what do you have you know that looks this way some things i've done a little bit in some i just said you know i appreciate the opportunity but it just isn't for me today right um because if i can't see it then i'm not gonna bite off a huge and see that's kind of how i am because from this i was able to do a production company which okay it's just because this is on itunes and stuff like that which is on a big platform but Sometimes you got to grow your listeners by having people sure. talk about it, stuff like that. So I was like, I'm going to do a production company. Okay. And I'm going to put podcasts. Okay. On. So mostly it's independent because, I mean, I feel independent doesn't get the most praise that they should get. Okay. For example, like independent musicians. Right. And stuff like that. Yeah, okay. That could somehow, if they get on here, somebody on iTunes could listen and yeah. blow them up. Gotcha. And so that's what I do. Like I would take, and I have people come to me with podcast ideas. I was like, can't do it. If you're going to do it, you're not going to put it on my production company because it's not, I don't see any there you go. future in it. Because if you're going to talk about the way kitchen tables are made, you're going to probably make two episodes. Like, just for an example. <laughs> right. but, no, but I'm following you now. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. No, so I see exactly what so you're, you're saying. So you're already I, at that stage having to kind of filter stuff and screen things. And, oh, I became uh, one of my great friends. He lives in Tennessee, close to Nashville, so he usually has a lot of give or take okay. people he can get. And so like, I took on a role of producer. So I'm like, passing ideas to him. He's bringing them to me. Should we oh, do wow. this? Sure. Not making, but that's not the point. Not making any money, but I'm trying to yeah, get to that experience. point. Yes. And it's like, so I have to get on there. He send me his episodes. I have to edit them down. I have to do my own, book people, find things. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. It's, 
Yeah. So like when I'm not welcome to owning your own business. Exactly. But I love it because it's like it's just like me. I love to learn. Sure. And doing this is learning to me. Yeah. Because I learned a bigger inside of business because of talking to you. Okay. Because like there's no way I'm gonna get the guy from Chick Fil A or, or, or somebody like yeah. that to get. So yeah, it's like. And then it's yeah. So it's like I do have a tell of when I'm not working. I'm working. Right. It's kind of like how owning a restaurant for you is. Right. When you're not working, you're booking people, you're yes. getting this, you're trying to get your dates right. right. I may not be making a pizza, but I'm doing something else to help grow the business. And take right. Care. Yeah. You're right. You come right. up with new ingredients, new ideas, yep. and that's, yep. that's kind of how that's I look it. at it. Hey, and I want to, before I forget about this talk, yep. I, I invite you back on any Thursday night. Okay. Um, and um, if you want to do a podcast sure. from here, get some of the band sounds, sure. talk to the bands. We can get all that set up for you. Okay. You just, cool, um, I'll make sure you've got my number so we've got a better yeah, line that's of cool. communication. I have, it's cool. If anybody wants to come on, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't matter if you fill cups at Sonic. Right. If you have a story to tell, okay. I want to hear it. You oh, know, that's it doesn't cool. matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me because I like learning and what could this do for that one person filling cups at Sonic? Right. That's, that's why right. I look at it. Right. So, yeah. cool. Jim, man, I appreciate you doing it. Oh, man, I had a blast. Thanks for inviting me.